Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Tom DeAngelis, Tom Furlow, and Rob Longo. Welcome one and all. Good to be here, David. Awesome, awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, we're going to turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. But Rob, before we break open the bread of life to see how the Lord wants to speak to us today, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us see and to hear what we're meant to hear. Absolutely. I would love to. In the name of the Father, Father, Son, Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for loving us so much to, to come to be one of us. And we're celebrating your resurrection, Lord. Wow. It's amazing. Thank you for showing us the way. Help us to stay focused on, uh, on heaven and everything that we do and say and think. Help us to, to dive deep into your word, not only now during this time, but every day of our lives. Help us to, uh, to pray the mass like we've never prayed before each time we have that opportunity uh, to, be at, to be at mass, Lord. And, and as we pray the gospel today in preparation for Sunday, help us to be open to receiving any message that you want to give us at this time or during mass and give us the courage to live that out. Help us to be your love, to be your light, to be your mercy as we get ready to celebrate Divine Mercy Sunday. Help us to be your mercy in every aspect of our lives. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father Son, and Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Tom, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? Absolutely. Our reading today is from the Gospel of John. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked, Where the disciples were, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples said to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hand, and put my finger into the nail marks, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now a week later, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, although the doors were locked, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and bring your hand and put it into my side, and do not be unbelieving, but believe. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. 
Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book, but these are written that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that through this belief you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Fear is such a debilitator. It's, it's one of the greatest weapons the enemy uses to bind us in prison. You know, what, is, what fear do we have? Because fear is a lack of faith. Jesus Christ says, peace be with you. He repeats it, peace be with you. Our life in Christ should be a life in the Holy Spirit. And the number one gift that the Holy Spirit gives us, the, of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, is peace, joy, patience. It's beautiful. So for me, what fear is causing me to remain in that prison cell? Because Jesus Christ at the end, he comes to tell us, you know, he came to set us free that we may have life. And that life is the spiritual life that we may be alive in Christ, be those lights in the world. So for me, it's a matter of introspection with the Holy Spirit. Let him shine in my heart to understand what fears are preventing me from being set free to have that abundant life. I think, David, a lot of people, when they think about life, they become like Thomas. They, they believe in what they can see. And so when I see, um, whether it's material success or I feel I, I see creature comforts or I, I see how I'm living or how I want to live, like, you know, if, uh, somebody who's famous or uh, that's what I that's what I believe in. And that fear that you're talking about, I think the fear is knowing that to commit to Christ, to live a life of faith, there's consequences. That, you know, when you live, there, when you live a, a faithful life correctly, your life changes. And so the fear becomes, I don't know what that life in Christ looks like. I don't know what that fullness might look like. I, what I know is what I can see, what I see on TV, what I see. And so that's what I know. And I don't, I don't want to give that up or risk um, not living that life because I can't see, like Thomas, I can't see with the eyes of faith that the peace that I seek, the contentment that I seek, the love that I seek, the acceptance that I seek, it's not going to come through the stuff of the world. It's going to come through a life in Christ. And so that fear is, I want to hold on to what I have. I don't know what what that looks like. So again, I think the admonition for all of us is to be the examples of what does that life look like through our example. When people say, why are you peaceful? Why are you loving? Why are you caring? Why do you do good things? Why? Well, it's because of Christ. It's not because of the stuff. And so I think our actions help people alleviate that fear to realize that that life in Christ is far greater, far more fulfilling, far more rewarding, uh, temporally speaking and eternally speaking, than any life I can craft for myself with the stuff of the world. If we live out Thomas's prayer, my Lord and my God, what a beautiful prayer. He just proclaims Jesus as as Lord and God. Uh, And Tom, like you're saying, things are going to change. And uh, some people might not like that. Uh, we had, uh, you know, we were, we were at Man Up Philly together, uh, and Seth Joyner was there, the former former Eagle, and he said part of his testimony was how his his friends would try to really pigeonhole him into his old mm-hmm. his old self. He said, "I don't know who you're talking about. I'm a new creation. I'm new. I'm a new creation in Christ." You know, in our lives, when we live out that prayer, "My Lord and my God," uh, and we invite our Lord in and say yes to him in every aspect of life, we may be called to to separate a little bit from, you know, from our old ways and and our old uh, associations, uh, you know, especially if they're going to continue to try to bring us down. So not that we're any better than them, but God may may have us uh, go down a a different path. And then when we're ready, 
if it's his will, he'll bring those people back in and those relationships and those opportunities to, uh, to, to witness. Uh, but my Lord and my God, that's a, that's a beautiful prayer. And that's, that, that, that's an all-in prayer right there. You know, another Thomas, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, used to, um, at least the tradition that I've heard it's passed down in the Dominicans, is that he used to pray that whenever he um, uh, elevated the host at the consecration, he would look at, he would elevate the host and say, my Lord and my God, and the same thing with the chalice. So, uh, and it's it was told to me when I was in grade school, I think probably third or fourth grade, and it was, and the sister recommended that we do that prayer. And it's always, it doesn't always come to me during the consecration, but it does a lot. And I just, I think, and I always remember it's through two Thomases that I remember it, and, and I'm a Thomas, so I use it. <laughs> but uh, it's a beautiful prayer. I mean, if it comes to you when you, when, you know, when you're, when you're watching the, 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 you know, the consecration and the elevation of, of the host and the chalice, it just, uh, it's, it's a very special thing to, to, to say there because it really is that moment when, when Thomas the Apostle recognized this is something I should have believed all along. I should have known. You know, it's really, and you kind of look at that and it's like, I should know. I mean, this is, this is Christ. This is the Christ. It's just a beautiful prayer. It is. And as, as you were sharing, I kept getting this image of Jesus because in the first sentence it says, when the doors were locked. And I keep mm. getting the image of Jesus standing at that door, the gentle lover, just knocking, knocking on the door of our hearts. Why? Because he came to earth and gave his life. He took our place on the cross because the wages of sin are death. He gave his life for us so that we would have the abundant life in him, with him, and through him. But he's a gentle lover. He's not going to force you to love him. So he's always standing at the door of our hearts knocking. He's there. Let him in. Someone's knocking at the door. <laughs> Someone's ringing the bell. Let the Lord Jesus in, into the wounds that he wants to heal. He wants to heal them all. And one of the biggest ones is forgiveness. And we in human being in our own human states, we can't forgive. But through the gift that he says right here, receive the Holy Spirit. Through the gift of the Holy Spirit, we're able to go to God and say, Father, help me forgive my father, my mother, my brother, my sister, my wife, my friend, whoever has wounded you. Because if you hold on to that unforgiveness, and it says right here, whose sins you retain are retained. If you hold on to it, it's a toxic poison that ends up poisoning the life of Christ in you and cutting you off from that abundant life. So, ladies and gentlemen, go to the Lord. Listen to a still quiet knock at the door of your heart and let him in and say, Lord, expose it to the light, every one of the wounds, and then confess the sin of unforgiveness, ask for the mercy of God, and I would do it in the confessional. I would go to the priest in confession, ask for the mercy of God to forgive you, and then ask God for the grace to forgive each and every person by name who has hurt you, ask him, and especially... Ask him for the grace to forgive yourself because too many of us hold on to unforgiveness. Like you said, Tom, the shoulds, I should have mm -hmm. this, I should have. The unforgiveness of ourself. Stop. When we are forgiven by God, we are a new creation in Christ. So ladies and gentlemen, let the Holy Spirit shine in through the doors of our hearts that are locked so that we can unlock those doors and let Christ in. 
because he says he wants to dine with us. He wants to be with us. He wants to live and dwell in our hearts so that why? So we can take him into a world of darkness and be those lights in the world, the world changers he's created us to be. You know, that forgiving of, of self, David, I, I just I just hear Monsignor Essef's ear, you know, words echoing in my ears. You know, Christ dwells within you. If you beat yourself up over what you've done, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're beating up Christ. You're, you're you know, and, and you're doubting the power of God. God, I, I've done so bad that, you know, I can't be forgiven. Well, that's ridiculous. And that's the whole point of, uh, of of salvation. And so I think that that forgiveness of self, um, you know, it's a spiritual reality. It's a psychological reality. Again, I mean, we're psychological creatures, you know. We need forgiveness. You know, how many how many hours on the counseling uh, couch uh, and dollars could be saved if people <laughs> turned to confession? I mean, I remember a study a couple years ago that showed yeah. some of the most, um, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, mentally stable people are people who practice the sacrament of, con- of confession, of reconciliation, mm-hmm. because you get a chance to work through this stuff and you air it out and mm-hmm. you vent it. And, and not only is there a supernatural reality going on and that you're cleansed of those sins and, and things are right with God again, as you, you know, reenter into a state of sanctification grace, but emotionally and, and psychologically, you know, you've, you've moved past that. It's so yeah. it's, again, our God knows our psychology. He, he made it. <laughs> yeah. So it's a, it's a beautiful gift on so many levels because that, uh, if we don't hold on to that, I mean, holding on a grudge to somebody is damaging enough in our lives, but holding on to a, a grudge against myself or, or a failure of my own uh, is, is definitely the, a, a path to ruin for many people. So you've got to accept God's beautiful gift of forgiveness as it's given to us and, uh, and then forgive ourselves. Yeah. And Jesus himself asked for this feast this coming Sunday. And you know, when mm-hmm. he appeared to St. Faustina, he asked, please, I, I want to celebrate my mercy on the Sunday after Easter. Praise be to God. You know, the church has, has put it on the calendar as Divine Mercy Sunday, that um, you know, Jesus wants us to celebrate his mercy. And how can we celebrate it without giving him our sins? You know, that's, that's why he did what he did uh, on the cross. So... Um, you know, celebrate, let's celebrate mercy. I mean, that is the most amazing gift that, that our Lord loves us so much. He knows we can't get into heaven on our own. So it's, it's all, all through his mercy. And you know, in the scriptures, it tells us uh, that there's an unforgivable sin. And so many people try and figure out, well, what's that? What's that? What's that? <laughs> sin against the Holy Spirit. Yeah, right, right, right. No, but the unforgivable sin is the one that you choose to hold on to through your mm-hmm. own free will. And you don't repent and you don't receive God's mercy. And many times, like you said, Tom, it's holding on to that unforgiveness of yourself, which is a mortal sin. So man, when you realize that and you wake up, go to confession, get clean, be that new creation. And anybody, including the little guy that whispers into your ear, <laughs> that tries to hold you to your past, get away from him. <laughs> get, you know, Jesus said it to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You know, get away from him. That's not God. God, it, it's gone. It's cleansed. It's cleaned. Jesus paid the price once for all. It's done. Move forward. Live in the present moment. It's a gift from God. Open it up. Live it in love. That's why they call it a present. Open it up. Live it in love. I heard a, a little story off of one of our Lighthouse CDs in the last week and a half or two weeks, and it just it, I, I've heard it before. I'm, sh- I'm sure probably many of you have, um, but it's a story about St. Margaret Mary Alacoque, who um, she had she was the one who had visions of the Sacred Heart, and um, so she went to her priest 
to tell her. I guess he was a monsignor, and to tell tell her about the visions. And he said, "Well, you know, you have to be careful about these things because sometimes they're it's the work of the devil." And he said, "He said, but I I, I just need to make sure." He said, "When you go the next time Jesus appears to you, ask him, what was my last mortal sin?" Me, the priest, you know, what was my, because only he would know that. It was the last mortal sin I confessed in confession. And so she, she went away and came back a few days later and she said, um, Jesus, Jesus told me the answer to your question. And he, he said, well, what was it? He said, he said he didn't remember. Mm. And it just hit me, you know, it's just one of those stories. And I heard it before and I, and I couldn't remember the punchline. And then I heard it, it's like, that's perfect. It he, is perfect. He, he doesn't remember. How would how would he remember? He tells us that. You know, he yeah. tells us that himself. And it's, you know, whose sins you retain, they are retained. But whose sins are forgiven, they're forgiven. They're forgiven. They're gone. And I love this part. And when, and it says, you know, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he says that, he breathes on them the gift of the Holy Spirit. Do we realize at baptism, we are baptized in Christ, priest, prophet, and king? Do we claim that identity in Christ? Do we then assert that authority in Christ? It's not I that do it. St. Paul says it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. We don't realize who we are and whose we are. And I love this. As I reflected on this, you know, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. Jesus Christ's mission on this earth was to do one thing, the will of the Father. Jesus taught us how to pray, our Father. When you realize that in, with, and through Jesus Christ, you can have what I like to refer to as divine intimacy, into me see, with the heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, with Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit. As you grow in that divine intimacy, and you start getting those promptings of the Spirit, and you start responding in the childlike faith, it is amazing what you will realize. I'm telling you, every day of your life, ask God for the gift of the spiritual eyes to see, the spiritual ears to hear, and our heart to respond always to what you see and what you hear in love. This morning, they called me up on a big project I'm doing. They said, hey, we're missing this light. We think we used it in, a, in another project. We don't have it. It needs to be in today. There's a wedding on the property this weekend. It's going to be missing this beautiful chandelier light, the centerpiece of this, this uh, structure we're building. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So I go to the warehouse. I look through every box of the lights. We don't have it. So I step back and say, Lord, I need your help. I don't know where this light is, and we need it now. Immediately, in my heart, I heard the carriage house. I'm like, oh, I never thought of that. So I ended up going back to the property, looked in the Grand Gazebo, realized it wasn't in, put up in there, took my, the, the worker with me. I said, let's go look at the carriage house, because let me tell you this story. I said, I said a prayer to the Lord. I said, the Lord told me the carriage house. He said, really? I said, yep. So up the steps we go, go around the corner, and guess what's sitting there in a box? <laughs> the single light we need in the carriage house. But what did I just do? Just like the story here, I shared a story about the Lord working. It says here that, that books, that, that these, there's so many things that are done with Jesus' disciples that are not in this book. Well, those things are being done today. They're happening here and now. And so me sharing this with this foreman of the project and sharing that the Lord told me that's where it was, and then and there it is. And what did we both do? We immediately 
gave praise to God. We thanked God. We found the light. Beautiful. But that simplicity. Jesus says, unless you become like one of these, you're not going to see the kingdom of God. What what does that mean? To be like a child, to have childlike faith in the Lord. You know, another instance, I'm, I'm downstairs, you know, drinking my coffee, having my breakfast, watching the news, which I might as well just turn it on a year ago, the same news, <laughs> watching the news, you know, and I get a prompting again in my heart, go upstairs and massage the legs of your bride, your wife. I'm like, huh. Okay, now this time I listened. I go upstairs, I start massaging my wife's legs. She likes me to do that to wake up in the morning. And she said, oh, sweetheart, I can't believe this. I was just thinking it would be so nice for my husband to come up and massage my legs, and here you are. I said, well, sweetheart, I heard the prompting of the Holy Spirit, honey, this time I listened. You know, and as we laugh, we think about these things, we always try and, you know, just put them off as, oh, an accident, oh, coincidence. No, that's called divine intimacy. Intimacy with the Father through Jesus Christ, with the Lord Jesus Christ, and with the Holy Spirit. That's the heavenly reality. We will be in that eternal exchange of love, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, for all eternity. But we can also start now. We can grow in that divine intimacy. And how do we do that? We invite the Father along for the journey every day. We continue to go deep with Him, and we continue to listen and ask for the gift. Spiritualize the sea. You know, David, you said to, you know, you have to be become like one of these, like one of the, one of the children. And you think about young children, you know, as, as parents, right? When your kids are little, you know, oh, daddy, come look at this. You know, look what I drew. Look what I'm wearing. Look what I'm up to. I mean, they want us involved, not just dads, but we're all dads in here. Yeah, you know, yeah. but, but they want our parents, as parents, they want us involved in everything. Nothing is too trivial. Nothing is too, they want an intimate relation with us every step of the way. And that's exactly what So people hear that story, David, about the, you know, the prayer for the lights and go, oh, I, you know, I, I pray to God on Sundays, you know. That's, that's what we're missing. We're missing that childlike faith that our Father wants us to be, invo- wants to be involved with us and wants us to approach Him with, that, with just like that small child saying, Daddy, be a part of everything that I do because everything I do is about my relationship with my father, you know, my mother, my parent. That's that intimate relationship with the eyes and the, and the, and the approach of a, of a child. You know, yes, Daddy, I, I want to be with you and I want you to be part of everything that I do. It's funny. And what they have is awe and wonder. Right. That's what we need. Yep. That's what we're missing. We, we were too, oh, well, I'm an adult now. No, stop. Stop. Don't let the world blind you because it's that awe and wonder that's attractive to everybody else. They want what you have. They want this peace that's beyond understanding that Jesus says, peace be with you. My peace be with you. I'm thinking of my... Uh, bookends, my youngest and my oldest, both uh, girls. And uh, my oldest and I were talking, she's 16, about prayer. And we we're talking about something really specific in her life. And I said, you just got to really just, just keep praying about it. And she goes, well, what about action? Said, Absolutely, you have to take action. But if action is guided by yourself, it's no, no good, but it has to be action guided by prayer. And said, Do you think God really is concerned about this little thing? Said, oh, absolutely. So God can be intimately involved in all of us at the same time. But then my daughter reminded me, my youngest daughter, um, about the, just the innocence of, of a child, I picked all the kids up. And uh, as soon as they all got in the car, my seven-year-old says, I got dibs on dad. Like when we get home, because she wants, because she wanted to go out and and you know have a catch with me. She goes, I got dibs on dad, and I try to like include other people in the catch and the other kids, but they want that one on one, 
They don't want a three-way catch. They don't want a four-way no. catch. Hope mm-hmm. reminded me, I got dibs on dad, right? So our heavenly daddy, you know, we can all at the same time say, it, yeah. I got dibs on dad. And he can say yes. Yeah. And has said yes and continues to say yes to all of us every day, all day. You know, so there's no, uh, you know, there's no need for us to, to, to think anything is too, uh, too insignificant in our lives for, for our heavenly father. And you know what? How many times does fear keep us praying to God, from praying to God, from asking God? The Lord says you have not because you ask not. He invites us to knock, to seek, to ask. I mean, I find in my life's journey, the more I knock, the more I seek, the more I ask. Always like Jesus, though, surrender to his will. It's beyond imagination what he does and how he answers the prayers. It just fascinates me. I, I blew out my knee on December 3rd, and for three months I've been hobbling around and going to this doctor, you know, who I really love and treasure. But, you know, he was like, I, you know, I'm giving up. We're, we're going to schedule you for a new knee. I'm like, oh, boy. But then I woke up because 14 different people had told me I need to go to this other doctor who's the number one specialist in Lancaster. And I get his opinion. So finally, I'm like, all right, Lord, this isn't a coincidence. 14 people tell me I need to go to the same doctor. I go to this doctor. He comes into my room. He says, first thing out of his mouth, he says, do you believe in miracles? I said, oh, absolutely. He said, good, keep praying. He said, we got that on our side. He looks at my knee. He says, your knee's fine. It's healthy. It's strong. Go out and walk. Go out and work on your stones. He said, worst case scenario, we're going we're gonna to remove that uh, bone chip that might be floating around in there. He said, but you don't need a new D. It's perfectly healthy. I'm like... Oh, you've got to be kidding me. I've been hobbling for three months. I'm ready for a new knee. I can't do this. Fascinating. About a week later, Palm Sunday, the bone chip that was under my kneecap moved out. Hmm. I walked normal. I'm, I'm healed. And I'm claiming a miracle. And I'm thanking God. Now, I need to go and get this thing removed because it's floating <laughs> all on the side of my, yeah. my leg. And go the kids are like, again. here, let us feel that. Oh, that's neat. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. But you know what? We take that and we say, oh, that was just a coincidence. That was an, No, it wasn't. People laid hands on my knee and they prayed. And you know what? A lot of times I was like Dalton Thomas. I was like, well, I know the Lord can heal it, but you think he really will? But see, the Lord's like, you know what? You don't know. Knock, seek, and ask. And then trust in me, surrender to me in all decisions. And how many times Jesus says after his miracles... Go your way. Your your faith has saved you. Now, obviously, his power is at work too. But if without our faith, his power is is useless for us. It doesn't because it has to connect. Yeah, and keep listening because for me, again, knucklehead. Typically, it takes me three times. This time it was fourteen, 14. times. If actually the fourteenth time, I walk out of St. Mary's in Lancaster at twelve oh five Mass, and there's my old football buddy Mike McDonald. He said, "Hey Dave, what's up with your knee?" And I said, "Oh man, let me tell you the story." He said, "You need to go see Doc blah 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 West, Westfall in Lancaster." I'm like, "What?" That's the 14th person. So you know what? God has to repeat it for the disciples here because they're back in the room four days later. He has to repeat it to me. But you know what? Ask for the ears to hear, the eyes to see. Be those world changers you're called to be. Lights in the world. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great day. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on 
Gospel Reflection Groups. Or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.